What is up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Game Changers podcast. My name is Ben. I'm going to be the host for this podcast. And today we have a very special guest, James Murray Boyles. Thanks for being here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me and being a part of your first ever episode. I'm happy to have you here. So there's a reason why you're the first player that I wanted to be on this podcast. Um, you're the first player that ever gave me a chance to show me or to let me show what I can do by creating videos and filming pro athletes. So I'm very thankful for that. I really appreciate it. Um, so we're going to step in um, just for the people that are watching and listening. I don't know you yet. Just give them a quick introduction and tell them what they need to know about you. Yeah, my name is James Murray Boyles. Uh, I play professional basketball. I'm 26 years old and this is my fifth year playing. Uh, and now I'm in Germany. I've been in a few different countries and yeah. Okay, so we're going to uh, go into this podcast episode, and this is a question where I'm really curious what you're going to answer, uh, so just be honest. Um, at the time, probably like four months ago, something like that, uh, when I got in touch with you, um, I didn't really have any videos that were that good. I didn't really have a camera yet that was decent, um, so I didn't really have a portfolio yet. I didn't really have anything to show, um, but you still gave me a chance to come out and film for you. What was the reason where you, for you to say, okay, I'll give him a chance, even though he didn't really... He, I haven't been around in this uh, pro league yet. Well, I, I got a friend that I met. Uh, his name is Courtney. Oh, yeah. And shout out, Courtney. Yeah, shout out to Courtney. He's from South Carolina, not far from where I'm from. Um, and he just messaged me one day. He was like, yo, bro, I got... Uh, a guy that wants to create content. He wants to uh, get into basketball. He's been filming some football, but he wants to definitely get into professional basketball. And I was somebody that we had, me and Courtney had just met, so. Uh, oh, okay, so you you guys didn't know each other that well yet? No, no, no. We kind of knew each other a little bit. We had got to know each other, but um, okay. we had met probably like a month before I met you. Oh, really? And then, uh, okay. Yeah, he was like, I got I know somebody. He wants to really start working with basketball players, and uh, he wanted to know if you could you were given the opportunity. And I was all for it because I mean, I didn't really mind uh, if you wanted to do it. And he said you would do it for free. It wasn't like I would have had to pay you, so um, I was all for it. Yeah, that's someone else. That's like the kind of the most important thing that you, and that was the most important thing for me to. I don't want to get into this by going to you as a first player and say, okay, this is the price. Right. That's that's not going to work. That's not the way the world works. Yeah, so yeah, first yeah. I need to create my stuff. I mean, first I got to prove that I could do something, um, even for other players. Right. Um, and that's how the whole thing begins. And I'm really thankful for that. I really appreciate sure. it. Um, you really helped me out a lot. A lot. Yeah. And then we're going to cut that out. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start off, um, so right now, from today, uh, December, we almost have Christmas. Yep. Um, but from now on, we're going to go all the way back to your childhood. Um, I mean, I grew up here on the German side, yeah. and sports isn't that big here. You really don't have a lot of options. It's mostly just soccer. Um, but in the States, you have all these different options when you go to high school. Um, so... Walk us through your childhood, uh, the way you grew up, the way you played different sports, maybe. I don't know yet. Um, so, yeah, just walk us through your childhood. Yeah, well, um, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina my whole life. Um, 
That's where most of my family lives. Uh, I got two brothers, one older, one younger. Uh, but I mean, I feel like I had a pretty good childhood. Um, I played a lot of sports. I was good at almost all, pretty much all of them. Um, so you play like football and? Yeah, I played football, I played baseball. And I, I even did, I did Taekwondo and I even did Dang. gymnastics one time when I was in like kindergarten. Uh, okay, so I'm not gonna so, make you mad here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was a really active kid. My uh, parents pushed me to play sports and my older brother um, always liked sports. So that was the reason why I was always into it. I always wanted to do everything my older brother was doing. So uh, yeah, I was really into sports growing up. Uh, I was always around my family when I was younger. I had a lot of cousins, a lot of male cousins. So like, it was very competitive. <laughs> they were always hard on me because I was, I, at one point I was the youngest. So like- uh, So are you taller than them now or, or bigger or? I'm the tallest one in my family besides my younger brother. My younger brother's taller than me. So, oh wow, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so now I've kind of outgrown them. So like, they always joke about that because um, they used to be way bigger than me, but now my brother and I are way bigger than them. But uh, yeah, I used to always try to, cause all of my family lived pretty much in the same area. Like we were all basically neighbors and we kind of lived on the countryside in, in, in Colombia. And- um, So you, you weren't far from your, from your family, from your cousins or? Nah, bro, I'm, like we were literally all next door neighbors, like. So really next door, dang. Like, I don't know how, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to envision, but like I had like my grandma here, my aunts here, my, like all in the, right next door, all, all next to each other. So uh, I had a lot of family around me at all times. Um, mostly boys too, like I said, so it was real competitive. They were always tough. And that taught me a lot growing up. From your childhood on, um, it kept going. So you started middle school um, and then went into high school. So um, did anything change? So did you um, at one point start saying, okay, I have to focus on basketball more or basketball is the sport that I want to focus and just get into basketball more? Um, as a child, like we played all kind of sports, like just, like I said, with the family, like, but my older brother, his favorite sport was basketball. That's why I gravitated more towards basketball. Like it wasn't even, basketball was never even my, the sport I was best at growing up. I don't think I was best at probably baseball and. Um, really? You were better than. Yeah, I was, I was probably better at baseball, but like. I didn't have as much passion for it because my older brother liked basketball more. And um, like, like I said, my, my mom and my uh, father kept me in sports and they put me in organized sports really, really young. So I was playing for teams. So I knew like how to play with a team. It wasn't like I was just playing with my friends and out on the, out on the streets and stuff like that. So I was playing in an organized setting. Since as young as I can remember, I've been playing uh, basketball and all these other type of sports, but so I just like kept going with it all the way up until from elementary school. I was playing for parks, and then middle school goes on. I was playing for a middle school team. I went to Cardinal Newman, and uh, that was a private school. So I played on the B team when I was in, I think, sixth grade. Then going on to seventh grade, I still played, and 
I was still playing uh, baseball and football at that time too. I think I cut. Oh, so you were still playing three sports? Yeah, I was at still. That time? I, I was still playing those sports oh, wow, all okay. the way up until my sophomore year in high school. Is when I decided to just focus on basketball. Okay. But uh, so it kind of took a while to you, or for you to kind of realize, okay, it's if there's one sport I want to go pro in, it's probably going to be basketball. Well, it wasn't even. T it wasn't even about pro then. It was just like, about it was like just fun, because I, I mean, like I said, I wasn't that good yet. And, oh, okay, uh, so you weren't. I, mean, that I, good I had, I was looking back. I wasn't that good, but um, I could. I definitely had some talent, but like a lot of people had talent. So um, I think when high school came, like I just saw that. Like I, like I said, my love, and I had passion for basketball. I didn't really have passion for the other sports because, yeah. I mean, growing up, I just wanted to do what my older brother was doing, and he loved basketball. Even if, even though he didn't really play at any high levels, he didn't even play in high school uh, basketball, but he just loved really? the sport. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that was the reason why I gravitated more towards basketball was because my brother. Okay, so, so he kind of made you go to basketball more. I mean, he didn't make me, but like that's just where my where my headspace was. That's just where my head was, and I yeah. just wanted to go with that. And then uh, another main reason why I decided to just stick with basketball because like the seasons kind of overlapped, and so football season would start the school year off. Yeah, and then like you will be missing a lot of time of the beginning parts of the basketball season and when we were in high school. So oh, okay, okay. I decided to just be done with football and yeah. just stick strictly to basketball. And then that was my sophomore year I did that. And then I had a pretty good sophomore year. Uh, we had some really good players on my team. And like I said, I wasn't really that good. We had all the time growing up, I had always had really good players on my team. If it was AAU, high school, mm -hmm. I had a lot of good people that I could look up to. Uh, so where are those players now? Did they go pro, or was it more like, was it more like you were the only one out of the out of that group that kind of made it? Nah, it's definitely some player. I mean, it's some players that didn't, that could have, that didn't. Like a one guy that pops into my mind from uh, immediately is Matt Howard, and I mean, you probably of course don't know who he is, but um, he was. A legend growing up when I was in or when I went to high school like he was already like a ranked high school player he was probably the best player in the state of South Carolina yeah and um yeah he just like dominated and it was just such a big difference from where I was to where he was because like obviously he was a junior I think when I was a or he he might have been a yeah no when when he was when I was a sophomore he was a, a senior that was, oh, when so we, he was that was when definitely... I first played with him and uh, yeah, he was just like so good, like to me. And nobody could tell me that he wasn't going to the NBA. And so, like, uh, so where is he now? He ended up going to Ivy League school, playing basketball there, and now he's making a lot of money. I don't know exactly what he does, but he he's doing well for himself. Okay. So he didn't go pro, but I mean, he's still uh, doing well, doing money well, and earning stuff. And then yeah, and. Um, but it was just a lot of players that just didn't, uh, that were just so good to me when I was like a freshman and a sophomore that uh, like 
I couldn't ever see myself being as good as them back then, but I mean. So you just kind of stayed on track and just work, 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 and then. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, I give a lot of credit to my parents because of that for keeping me on track because I feel like that was a big part of me getting to where I am now because my parents always did a good job of trying to keep me on track and not letting me sway away from what my main goal was. Even when I didn't know what my main goal was, they always tried to keep me with a straight head and uh, keep me away from a lot of BS that was going on. And Yeah, that, that was a question I was curious to know because um, obviously trying to go pro or at that point you didn't really know yet um, if you could go pro or not. Um, but during that time, like high school time, was it more like you were 100% focused on just working in the gym, like some of those Kobe quotes where you said he's gonna, or he just dribbled himself to sleep, or was it more like you kind of uh, did was fun, you kind of some parties and all that stuff, or were you just kind of the guy? Um, that's the way I am. Um, yeah. I just stayed away out of from everything. There was like no, well, like I said, like my whole life since I was young, I was at, I was always an athlete, so like I could never imagine my life without like playing sports and like being on a team and like having something to look forward to and having something to like be on track for. Like, so it never was a time in my life where I felt like I could even like wild out or have like, or do things that I felt like other regular kids could do. But I mean, I did have my fair share of bad decisions in in, uh, high school and things of that nature, but, for the most part, I definitely was on track. I definitely knew what my main purpose was or my goal was. And at, at that time, you're you're speaking about uh, going pro, but it wasn't even a thought at that point. I just wanted a scholarship. Yeah. That was the first step. Like, Oh, you were, so was, the main goal for you was just yeah, stay on track for the scholarship? when I was in high school, um, I just wanted a scholarship. Well, not just a scholarship, but I wanted a good scholarship. I, I definitely wanted to go to a good university okay. and because I mean it was competition like there was a lot of players that were around that were like getting a lot of offers getting a lot of notoriety for basketball and things of that nature so like you see a lot of people getting these offers and going getting these opportunities to go to school so like you just want that for yourself and uh, so that was the first goal and I always knew I would get there, but like at the same time, you still have to work towards it. Like you can't just wish for it and just yeah. it just happens. So um, was it mostly like because of because there are some athletes um, in high school and they realize, OK, I'm not going to make it to a good school with the grades I have. Um, so they just go 100 percent on just sports and just trying to get a scholarship. I mean, I had pretty solid grades, but like. I definitely knew that I needed to get an athletic scholarship okay. for sure. Like that was a, that was that wasn't the only option, but that was the only option for me. Like that was in my brain. That was the only option. Like okay, okay. Because I had already invested so much into playing, so like you didn't just want to waste it on just yeah. So like yeah. I just knew that I wanted to um, get an athletic scholarship for sure. And like I said, you see a lot of all these all your friends and all your teammates from AAU getting offers and getting opportunities to go to school. So you definitely wanted that for yourself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 
Okay, so we talked about the scholarships that you really wanted to go 100% on sports or you knew um, a scholarship is pretty much the only way to go to a good school um, and so that you had to go just 100% on that. Um, so how did you go to college then? Which college did you uh, or which colleges did you apply for? Um, was there any, any, anything like, a, like an offer or anything? Um, so yeah, just walk us through that. Well, um, my recruiting process was kind of hectic. Uh, it starts when you play, like it starts when you're in the AAU circuit and all this and that. Like I, uh, I had two really good teammates that were on my AAU team, Seventh Woods and uh, Tevin Mack. And they were, they had a lot of like notoriety and college scholarships, so like, they helped me a lot by getting recognized because they had all the coaches coming to our games. Okay. And, uh, so. So you kind of a, had a chance yeah, yeah, by yeah. them being. Uh, okay. Right, ex exactly. And I had a lot of mid-major and low-major uh, attention coming up and when I was in uh, high school getting recruited. And it was, I feel like looking back, I feel like it was mainly because of the role I played like on that team with them because they were such more like uh, high powered recruits than me okay, okay. at the time. So I kind of like had to take a back seat and that's not even a bad thing. I think that was just a part of my process. Of, so you were one of the better players probably? I just wasn't on their level at that time. Okay. But like I said, I think that was just a part of my process, but it still at the same time helped me a lot but I wasn't even showcasing all that I could do because like I kind of was taking a backseat to them. But at the time, like I was just happy to be there. Like, I don't, and I'm not saying that I should have had a bigger role in anything like that because I don't think I was even ready at the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I had a few offers. Uh, Gardner-Webb, South Carolina State, Abilene Christian, USC Upstate. But I really wanted to go to one specific school. I wanted to go to Wofford. Uh, Wofford College. I don't. You probably don't even know what that school is, but it's a mid-major Division One school. Which and state is that? It's in South Carolina. Okay. And that was another thing. I had such a misconception about uh, schools back then. Like everybody, when you're that young and you're trying to get a scholarship, like you just always want to go D1. Obviously. Yeah. Like. Because and it's like everything that's, that's not D1, you're disappointed. Right, exactly. And that's how I was at, at the time. And that's how everybody was. Like everybody wanted to go D1 just because of the stigma around it or the stigma around going anything else but D1. Yeah. But I did have a fair share of my uh, D1 opportunities, but I was waiting out, waiting out, waiting out and wanting to get this scholarship from Wofford. And it ended up not offering me. And I ended up losing a lot of my other offers because Oh, you um, waited? Because I was waiting too long. Oh, okay. Oh. On, and that was just another part of me, like, not, have, not having the right information on, like, how to go about the process. Like, I didn't really know anybody firsthand that uh, was going through that I could really get a lot of advice from. Well, I did, but I probably just didn't reach out how yeah. I should have. That's something that messes with me a lot, with yeah. patience. I never know um, when, you, when you're waiting for something you really, really want, and then you don't know if it, if you, if it's going to work out or yeah but i mean i'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason so like i mean yeah. 
I ended up not going to any of those schools because I ended up waiting out too long and losing scholarships. And I remember it was one day, I don't even know what made me do it, but like it was one one day and I realized like maybe I should take a look at some D2s. Like it was a big ego hit for me. But like I said, I was just misinformed at the time and I didn't know that there was really good players in, that played in D2. So you only had, you only thought about D1. You only right. wanted to go D1 and anything right. else is. But once I, once I realized that all of my offers had kind of went away, um, I, knew, I knew I didn't want to go to a JUCO, which is like, like a junior college. You go mm -hmm. there for two years, you, then you go to a university. I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to go to a prep school. So like I said, maybe I'll take a look at some D2s in the meantime before yeah. uh, in, until like a D1 comes and contacts me. So I remember it like it was yesterday. I literally looked up the top 25 in the country for D2 schools. And there's a school called UNC Pembroke. And uh, they were, I think, number 11 in the country. I can't remember exactly. It was mm -hmm. a while ago. This was in 2015. And um, I followed the coach on Twitter, the assistant coach. And he followed me right away back and he DM'd me and asked me if like I would come on a visit. I, I guess he, well, not I guess, but he had already knew who I was uh, from being on the circuit. Like, cause yeah. all the coaches come to the, all the same tournaments. And so like, he had seen me play mm -hmm. and, but he thought that since I had so much other D1 interest that I wouldn't be. Uh, oh, so, so you weren't thinking about right. that Right, so school. like as soon as he saw me show interest first by following him, he, yeah. Uh, immediately followed me back. I got on campus for a, a visit. Like that school was better than a lot of the D1 schools that I had visited. Really? And yeah, the facilities, just like how the campus was set up and the program as a whole. So like I wasn't planning, and I had like maybe three other visits set up after that. And like right after I left the visit, like yeah. me and my dad were in the uh, truck and I just told him that I was going to commit because I, I at that time I was like really exhausted from the process because like I can't remember when it was I think it was April at that point which is late in yeah. in the uh, process for recruiting for for seniors for sure. So your mind was racing that whole time. Yeah, you were just thinking, for, thinking, yeah, and yeah, for sure. I just decided I was going to commit, and that ended up being one of the best decisions for me. I got to uh, campus that next year. And then I had a really good freshman year. Um, I came off the bench, I, I contributed right away. And then that's, a, that's another thing why I say that everything happens for a reason, because like maybe my career and my life wouldn't have went the same way if I went to a different school yeah. or tried to go to a D1 school, not have gotten as much playing time, not, yeah. have, not have been able to show off what I can do on the court as much as I did at UNC Pembroke. So like, that's why I'm definitely saying I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Cause at the time I didn't real I didn't know why like this was happening to me as in like why I wasn't going to a D1 school. But yeah. every year that I was at UNC Pembroke, I got better every single year. I just kept getting better and better. And I was able to really hone in on my skills. Cause you see that a lot with young players, especially young players that have a lot of talent. It doesn't really matter which sport you're looking at. Um, a lot of times uh, they'll get an offer from a really, really good team yeah. in like some in like Division One or something like that. And instead of uh, going to a team that's D two or something, 
where you get playing time as a good player, they'll try to go to D1 and then you kind of just disappear because right. you won't get a lot of playing time. And that's kind of, that's one of the really important. Uh, you got to get on the court to show what you can do. Yeah. So like, that's my thing. Like you got to go where you're going to be able to play. So like, that's the biggest thing for me. And I think that was the biggest thing for my career that helped me. I was able to like find what my game really was there. I was able yeah. to learn myself. And yeah, I think it worked out really well for me because I mean, we ended up winning a lot of games there, winning a, uh, winning a lot of championships, conference championships. Yeah. And I ended up having a great time in college, not only on the court, but off the court as well. So like all around was just a great experience. Yeah, it was okay. all around a great experience. Like. I definitely can't complain and I'm definitely glad with my decision because I mean, like I said, like there's a lot of, it's, everything happens for a reason. There's a lot of people that didn't make even it. make it pro yeah. and they went to way bigger schools than I did. So like, uh, I definitely can't complain about how things went for me at UNC yeah. Pembroke. And like I said, it was hard for me coming out of high school because once I was a senior in high school, I had won a state championship. I felt like I was, at that point, I was starting to get pretty good, pretty well known in the state, and I felt like I was just always underrated. And like I said, I had won a state championship. I had a really good senior year. We fell short on the state championship in my senior year, but we had won my junior year. So it was hard for me going to UNC Pembroke because of like what I thought I should have, where I thought I should have been. Yeah. And um, that and was it, probably something that motivated you a yeah, lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it ended up being a really good decision for me to go D2 and go to UNC Pembroke for sure. That's one of those things that you just learn in life. It just takes time to because in, in the first moment when there's something you really, really want, um, you don't think about anything else. Right. Exactly. You're like, it's like you either reach that goal or that's just it. Yeah. And then after a while, you just kind of learn um, that not making it to this team, to this level, um, sometimes just was something better because you wouldn't end up in that situation if you would have gone to a different school. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff is just crazy. But you only see it afterwards. Yeah. You don't see it before. I I'll say it again. I'm so appreciative for going there because, I mean, I play with a lot of good players, a lot of good players there, like, Nigel Grant, Akia Pruitt, um, there's so many people I can name. Alex Bradley, Geo Mack, uh, Jahai Wright, Drew Evans. Was there any player that you played against um, in college that plays NBA now? Yeah. Or like overseas against, here that you're kind of still on the same level to? I mean, I played, a, I played some players that uh, play in the NBA. We played against the University of North Carolina the year they won the uh, national championship. I can't remember who was on that team. I think it was Joe Barry, Kennedy Meeks, Theo Pinson, uh, Isaiah Hicks. So you played against all of those players? Yeah, we, yeah, I played against, and I played against my former AAU teammate, Seventh Woods was on that team also. So like, that was really cool. And I'm, and I'm sure I've played against some other NBA players. I can't even remember now, because we played against Houston, we played against Creighton, so like we played against Ohio State, so there's definitely there was there was definitely some NBA guys on those teams. So I can't really think of it off the, off the top of my head. Yeah. But uh, I even might have played against my teammate Brandon Childress. That because we really? played against Wake Forest also, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I so do some research um, on that. 
you walked us through your time, um, I mean, your childhood, then like middle school, high school, and yeah. then college. But at what point um, did you realize going pro is an option? That you want to go pro, uh, you have to think about what your chances are going to be, where you want to go, so what your next steps are going to be. When I got to my senior year in college, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, I couldn't imagine me just stopping playing basketball after uh, after my senior year. But I mean, so I knew if I had the opportunity to play professionally overseas, then I would definitely take that opportunity because like, like I said, I've been an athlete my whole life. So I couldn't really imagine me just stopping there if I knew I still had a lot in me. It's hard even making it overseas from a D2 because it's like, there's a lot of D1 players yeah. that that are good too, that, that are good enough to come uh, play overseas. So it's like, and D1 also has like a higher, like people hold that higher over D2 obviously because there's yeah. a lot of better D1 programs. You play against better competition and that's just the facts of it. So like, uh, even though there is really good players in D2, I mean, you're still playing against way better competition night in and night out when you play at a D1 school. So it's like, you gotta fight that. And you you have to have an agent that wants you. Yeah, that, that's that's a question I wanted to ask you. How did you even get overseas? Cause I don't, I don't think that's that easy. Connections, like my uh, coach, the coaches at my, at my school, they were connected to my first agent, James Blackburn. And I'm really appreciative for him. Um, I'm not with him anymore, but still, I'm so appreciative. I'm so appreciative for him for giving me the opportunity coming out of uh, college. He was always at all of my, a lot of my college games, just uh, scouting me. And like, I feel like my school, UNC Pembroke, was really a hotbed for like good overseas players because like we had so much talent on on our teams. Yeah. Like. A lot of our, like, our coach didn't really take players at our at the D2 I went to. He didn't yeah. really take players that couldn't play D1. Okay. So, like, we had a team full of, like, really good players. Like, so, like, and my agent, he was from the area. So, like, he knew that. And he knew how good our, our players were. So, like, he was always focused on us. He would always come to our games. And, like, when I was a senior, I was the only senior on the team, so. Um, so he already knew you, he already. Right, right, right. Okay. So he, he had been watching me for a couple of years. So yeah. like, he knew that once I finished my senior year, he would try to work with me. And cause he, that's the thing. Like when you, you can uh, see somebody's game and see if they can have the ability to play professional basketball. So like, I think he just saw that in me. And like, a, again, I'm so appreciative for him because he gave me the opportunity to start my, my, my professional career. I started working with him at the end of my senior year and that summer he got me my first job in Lucinet, Slovakia. That was my first uh, yeah. professional season in Slovakia in 2019. And so yeah, that was my first professional season. Okay, so what stations did you go through um, here in Europe? So you, you went through college and then through your agent you came here to Europe. Yeah. And so what were your stations here up to this point today here in Germany? Um, my first year, I was in Slovakia. That was a pretty interesting year for me because that was my first year in Europe. And then I was so 
naive to everything. Like, I was just happy to be playing basketball and getting a little bit of money for it. So, like, I had no complaints at the time because that was my first time being in Europe. And, like, when I came, and I was in a very small city uh, called Luchinit. Bigger than this year in Kaisan? Or probably the same size? Or? Probably a little bit small. I don't know. Maybe, maybe around the same size. But it wasn't the same level of basketball. So, like, it was okay. a little bit different. But, like, I was there and, like, I just thought, like, that's just how Europe was. Like, that's how everywhere was. And I was just so stupid at, at, at that time. But I was there. Uh, we were having a pretty good season. And then uh, COVID hit. That's just something so, I just uh, hate hearing when there's a pro player that has a good rhythm. Yeah. And then COVID hit and you just have nothing for like a year. I mean, it wasn't a year. I mean, we got home, I think it, what was it, March? Or, yeah, it was March we went home. Cause I wasn't even paying attention, this is bad, but I wasn't even paying attention to really like the COVID situation. I didn't understand it at the time. One day they were just like, they are, we canceled games for two weeks. And I was just like, what is this, it's that bad? So like they ended up, forfeiting the whole season we went home in march the whole season they yeah, just called we, it off we just yeah they just cut the whole season off dang after like 20 games and then uh yeah i was just home but that was a really good summer for me and my little brother uh that was a really good summer for me we worked out so much during that time like you mean like just training or just yeah, connections just, yeah and... just just training okay uh, we trained every day at like six in the morning for like probably five months straight. But I mean, COVID looking back, it was a, like I said, it was a good time for me. It gave me a good reset. And like I said, we trained a lot. That was a big time for my little brother as well. But uh, after that season, I went back to the same team because the market, I mean, from what I was told then, the market was kind of weird and like, I was still a rookie that last year, and I still needed to prove myself more. I didn't understand yeah. it, and I didn't really want to go back there the next year. That's why I was really frustrated at that time. But my second season, I went back. I had an even better season that, that year. Um, but during that season, like, we had no fans. Like the Just gym, zero. The, uh, yeah, we couldn't have any fans, so we just, just like in front of here. an empty gym like this. Dang. And, um, yeah, that was hard, but, I mean... It was still basketball in the, the day, but I had a really good season individually. Uh, but it got really like mentally taxing at the end because, like, you at some at one point you were just ready to go home, and because it yeah. was just like I said, it was a small city. You we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't because my first year we would travel. Me and my teammates we would travel to Budapest. We would travel to Vienna. Yeah. Uh, and what kind of just, players were on that team? Was it like Americans like you or Yeah, we had we had six other Americans. Okay. Mike Caffey, Mel Sambasabi, uh Jason Dunn, Andrew Udy, and one other. Or maybe no, we had a we had a Ukrainian guy closest too. Because I picture that guy. I picture that really important that you had um, some Americans on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's good. That's big on every team in, in overseas when you play, like having some Americans that are from where you're from, not only Americans, but like, uh, imports, because I mean, everybody's not going to be from America, yeah. like, uh, but most of them are probably going to be from there. But I mean, it's important to have somebody that is going through kind of like the same struggles that you're going through. Uh, so 
yeah. Um, so yeah, my second year, I had a pretty good year. Uh, I had better, better numbers and things of that nature. I had a because I had worked out so much that summer before or during that COVID season, so, so or that, during that COVID time. So, so that work just paid yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, it end. definitely paid off. It definitely separated me a lot. And then uh, my third year, I went on to Austria. And that was another good year for me. Um, but that was my first year, like, being on uh, kind of a struggling team. We were struggling. and But I was playing well individually, but it was still hard and yeah. mentally taxing. And on top of that, we were still going through the COVID situation during that year. Like, Austria was – the COVID situation in Austria was really bad. So, like, we were still having to get tested before every game, twice before yeah. every game, actually. Like we Twice. would have to, yeah, we would have to take a, we would have to have shoot around. The day before the game, we would have to, uh, we would have to take a real test. Right before the game, you would have to take a rapid test. Oh, and so like, yeah. you had to do that every single game. Yeah, that's just And it annoying. was just two thirds of the season, like nothing was open. We couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, none of the shots were open. So like, that was hard too, but then Towards the end of that season, everything started opening back up. But I, I had a I had a good season that that year also. Uh, so it was two years in Slovakia. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Practically two seasons yeah. in Slovakia, then one in Austria. Yeah. Um. So what was your your next station then from that point? And I was in, which was last year. I was in Sweden, uh, playing for the North Japan Dolphins, and that was a really good experience for me. Uh, when I got there, they had won two championships in a row already, two okay. Swedish championships. And I feel like that was a big step in my career because that was my first time I would be able to be playing in European competition. We were playing in the FIBA Europe Cup. and um, So just that itself was just more yeah, that, motivation for you? Yeah, that itself was what really drew me to them uh, because I felt like I wanted to uh, just take a next step in my career and try to get to better leagues and try to prove myself to better competition. I ended up playing really, really well in the FIBA Europe Cup. Um, and I ended up playing well in the regular season also. Um, we ended up winning the championship, so that was three in a row for, for them. And so, yeah, that ended up being a really good season. I, I really appreciate North Shipping. Uh They had a really good, they have a really good organization there. And I just really enjoyed my time there. How also. was their facility so like their their normal stadium where you guys played in and then like the the training facility nah they we had one one facility they like that was that, that's what was different about them in, in Sweden they they owned their 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 gym so like the arena that they played in was like only we used it only oh, the men's okay. team and the girls team used it and um I felt like that was a big plus for them and it, it still is to this day because uh, we could get in there and you work out whenever we wanted to. Um, also, it's not like one of those arenas where they like right after the game they'll just take nah, nah, the nah, court. No, nah, okay. like the floor's not going any, anywhere. Nobody just like coming in there performing or doing any yeah. like other stuff in there. Like it's strictly for the basketball team and the the, the men's and the women's teams. So like, uh, I really enjoyed my time in North Spring. It was a really good opportunity for me. And so, were there times where you? Um, or you just went into the gym like at 2 a.m. or something? No, nah, you couldn't go quite that late. 
up to like 10 p.m. or something? Yeah, probably up until like 11 or 12 you could go. Okay. But like, uh, you couldn't go that late because like they were bringing a security guard in. Uh, okay. Cause, and everybody had a key to the gym also, so like. Um, you don't want anything to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that brings us to here. Um, so you, so one year in Sweden. Yeah. Um, and then you came here to class. Yeah. And what was the, the reason you came to this team? I mean, the reason why I came here was because of the league that they're in. Uh, this is one of the best leagues in the world. And, like, um, I just wanted to prove that I belong in a league like this. So, like, I just wanted to take, like, like I said, I just want to take that next step in my career. And I just felt like uh, the opportunity to play in this league was, like, a no-brainer for me and because I feel like I still have a lot to prove and you just have to keep showing people what you can do to, especially in these higher leagues. So like, yeah. I feel like this was a great opportunity for me to show that. To and, just get the playing time, use that and just grow. Right. And I played against Crossheim last year. Really? When I was in North Spring. Yeah, when I was in oh, Sweden, wow. we played against each other. I was that really like good, a... I had a, I had a real good game against Crossheim <laughs> last year. So that's, I feel like that's the reason why I'm here also. <laughs> so you kind of gave them an impression. You kind of proved them, okay? I mean, I feel like, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's that's why it's important to try to make a good impression and try to play your hardest against, because yeah. you never know who's watching. I mean, if I, I feel, what if I didn't play that well versus North Japan? I mean, versus Cross, I'm maybe I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. So um, that's, that's crazy. Why, sometimes. That's why I feel like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So you walk. You've pretty much walked us through your whole life so far. Um, but during that time, because um, from the point of view of a fan, you only see the good sides. You only see um, the players when it's showtime, and that's it. So as soon as the game's over, you take some pictures sometimes, and that's it. The fans pretty much don't get a chance to see what your life is besides that. So at what point in your life um, you just had to face something um That was really, really difficult in that situation, especially being a young player coming over to Europe. So what what difficulties did you go through? A really difficult part of my life was, I think, going into my senior year of college, um, I had a, I had to have knee surgery on, or it was on my right knee, actually. But uh, I had to have knee surgery. I had a torn meniscus. Yeah. Torn meniscus. Yeah, yeah, I had a torn meniscus. Uh, That's like one of the worst. And I can, I can say it. Now, it's, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as like an ACL or MCL okay. or anything like that. But um, it was definitely sidelining me for a little minute. And I mean, I can say it now because, uh, because uh, like I'm out of school and everything like that. But I got it in a super dumb way. Uh, I was playing like... Like I was trying to be competitive and uh, play flag football with the football team at, at my school, oh. and I wanted to prove to them that I could play football. And I was just going a little too hard, and I ended up tearing my meniscus playing flag Dang. football, trying to prove myself with the football team. But luckily, it was like right after the season had ended, the basketball season had ended. So like, um, I kind of like blamed it. I kind of told the trainers that it was because. Uh, I got it during like a basketball workout. Yeah. So, so nobody that, was supposed yeah, to so, find out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if, if, if I would have told them that I got it playing flag football, they would have been like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. And so 
I tore my meniscus. I had surgery, and I, that happened in April. And I didn't have my surgery because they had to get everything straightened out with the, in, with the insurance. I didn't have my surgery until, I think, June 24th. Really? Yeah. And so I was already, like, kind of skeptical because, about that because I was trying to get my surgery as fast as I could so I could come back and be healthy for my senior year. Yeah. Because my senior year, I was going to be the only senior. I was supposed to be, like, the leader of the team that year. To uh, just get that recovery in and just yeah, keep going. Yeah, so I just wanted to get the recovery and get back as early as possible. And so, like, they were prolonging it, prolonging it. And then I ended up finally having the surgery on June 24th. And then on July 4th, I got into a really bad car accident. Like, and that was probably the worst, uh, the worst time in my life. Because, first of all, I was, wasn't even supposed to be driving. So did you have your thing. license at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I had my license, but uh, I wasn't supposed to be driving because I had a cast on my leg. Oh, like uh, and I was supposed to be non-weight bearing and my leg. Like I wasn't supposed to be bending my leg like that because like obviously I was going through the recovery from uh, the, the surgery. And then. So I got in an accident. So was it like any kind of bad accident where did somebody like die or? No, no, no. Nobody died, but. Somebody got hurt and it was me, but so uh, you were already hurt and then yeah, you got I was, extra yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. So um, in the accident, like I ended up like biting through my graphic graphic uh, content right now, but I ended up biting through my uh, tongue and my lip. Like, dang. Uh, yeah, it was all bad and like my tongue. I'm not even gonna say it, like how how it looked, but like. It was all messed up. Uh, that was a really bad time of my life. And it was during the summer, so like not too many people knew that went on. Um, so it's not only, like it's going on during school or anything right, right, and they're going exactly, to see you the next exactly. day. So it happened during the summer. Nobody was at, was at school, really. Um, yeah, I totaled my car. I had, a, I had a brand new car. I had it for six months at the time. What kind of car was it? It was a Camaro. Okay. So... Uh, so fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totaled that. And it was just a really bad time in my life because I was already going through the recovery. And then I had to recover from that. I couldn't eat for yeah. Lord knows how long. Like, I had stitches all in my tongue, stitches yeah. all in my mouth. Like, it was just a really bad time. Luckily, like, that was the only thing that got hurt, like, was literally my, my mouth, like, my tongue and my lip. Um, but it was completely, like, all messed up like my yeah it, I mean, it was it, it was bad where it was hurt but like i was fortunate not to like be hurt anywhere down here or anywhere else or like that was a really that was a really bad time in my life because i was already in my own head about am i going to come back the same for yeah. next season and uh because of my knee yeah and so you you had to worry about your mouth that that accident and then extra your knee for Getting right, back on because, track. Because I mean, I was supposed to be non-weight bearing for six weeks. That means like I wasn't supposed to be walking or standing on my putting weight on my leg yeah. for six weeks, and so like that's long. I time. wasn't even. I, so at, at that point, I haven't. I hadn't even started the recovery process really because I'm supposed to not be doing anything for six weeks with the leg. Yeah. So for that to happen to me at that time, before I even started any recovery on my knee, that was really just. Bad. That was all bad. That was a really bad time in my life, for sure. But still, probably 
you're happy about that nothing too yeah, serious yeah. happened i mean yeah i'm happy about it um and at the end of the day like i i ended up making a full recovery uh on my knee and like do you still have problems sometimes or no 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 i don't okay. even i don't have problems anymore but uh i mean when i first started coming back and i was first cleared i had some inflammation problems but like it's all good now yeah. um but yeah, I, I ended up making a full recovery. I ended up having a great senior year. I had my, my best year yet my senior year. So, like, it was just crazy, like, because I was really in my head about it uh, going into that year. Um, but, yeah, it ended up working out for me. Yeah, so you were kind of, I mean, first of all, lucky that nothing too serious happened. And yeah, then also sure. that you kind of had time to recover and to, yeah. yeah. Do you have any difficulties here? Like, I mean, obviously... I wouldn't think that you know how to speak German. Yeah. That's with, I mean, most of the Americans don't. Um, but the good thing that I expect um, the people here, because uh, people here know how to speak English, usually, yeah, in the most cases. <laughs> so do you have any, like, difficulties here, like language or N- Not, Not really, because, um, I mean, for the most part, I'm in this basketball bubble. Like, I talk to people that I talk to a lot of people that already know English because like they interact with a lot of American players they all like you kind of got to know English if you're going to interact with us yeah like talking about like the management the coaches all my teammates like but I mean I do come across some people like maybe in like a grocery store or something especially in Carlson because it's not that uh, big of a city like not everybody's exposed to a lot of uh, American culture I guess yeah at least that's what I think and maybe they occasionally don't speak English that well, but I mean, it's not that bad. I've been in worse places. Like when I was in Slovakia, I, would I picture felt like that. nobody spoke, spoke English really. But um, yeah, Germany is cool. So what do you like about living here? So like the things that you like about versus uh, that you don't, or it's just kind of part of the the American culture kind of that you're, you can't get used to the food or you can't get used to the lifestyle or? Nothing really. Like, I mean, because I've been, like I said, I've been playing this my fifth year. So, I mean, I'm kind of used, I'm kind of, and you spend so much time here. Like you spend 10 months out of the year here yeah. in, in, in Europe at least. So like, I, it's not really anything that, um, that surprises me at this point. And, uh, Germany's been like one of the cool places, like for for sure. The only thing I don't like is like the uh, the speeding blinkers, like the uh, oh the the speed cameras. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Did you get did you get tickets yet? Don't want to talk about a couple. It. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do get because because in, in America it's like you got to actually get pulled over yeah. by a physical cop. Yeah, like they a, don't have in a those. cop car, but like. Or it's a cop that has a speak gun or something. Right, right. Yeah. And then they come and get you, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like speed cameras. Yeah, they do. I mean, on the one side, it's good because here yeah. in Germany, you can go how fast you want to go on the Autobahn. Yes, <laughs> not, that's, not that's here. just backwards. Well, not backwards, but I mean, like, because they'll give you a, a ticket for going five over, but then on the other side, you can go 230 yeah. kilometers per hour on the yeah. highway. But... Hey, it really I don't is. make the rules. I just need to try to follow them. So is there like like German food that you started to enjoy more or is it kind of just you, um, even though it's like a German 
uh, grocery store, you still kind of eat what you used to eat, just yeah, different yeah. products? I just or? try to buy what I'm used to and just make that. I mean, I don't really try to make like German dishes or anything like that. Or, I mean, I, I usually cook for myself. I usually cook like the same thing though. So like, there's really not much changing up. Yeah, so, so. walk us through like um, a normal week. So let's say uh, it starts Monday, uh, you yeah. have practice, just normal game day week uh, during your season, and then Saturday, Sunday, you have a game. So what does a normal week look like? Like, for example, uh, your free time. What do you do in your free time? I do a lot of different things in my free time. Like, I browse for different things. Like, um, I'm into a lot of vintage clothing, so, like, I'm always browsing for that. I read some. I uh, watch a lot of shows, watch a lot of movies. Try to get inspired from different things. Uh, I've been trying to write in my in a in a journal a little bit more. I've been slacking a little bit lately, but when I'm in the mood, I'll definitely write something. Uh, I listen to a lot of music. Like, so what kind much. of artists are the ones that you say they're the best? It's too many, bro. I can't. It's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Like, I I got a really wide range of music uh, taste. So like, it's hard for me to single it down to one or two or three or even ten. So like. But I, I like all kinds of music. I think I just have an appreciation for a lot of different music because I just can't understand what good music is and why someone else would like it, you know? Yeah, because so. everybody's just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I've realized a lot um, working with more players um, in the league yeah. is the the music they, they listen to and the music they like. Um, because it's very different, every yeah. and the style, the the way they want their videos and all that stuff. It's it's just cool to see how different people like their music, their yeah. their style, and all that stuff. For sure. Um, so like now that you're um, kind of away from your family, um, is that difficult for you to be overseas? And I mean, you're here ten months of the year. So um, is that difficult for you or? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult uh, being away from your family. I mean, I've kind of gotten used to it, but it's still hard every year. Um, I'm really close to my family. Uh, my older brother, my little brother especially, he's a, uh, he's a freshman in college this year. I've never seen him play a high school basketball game. I saw him play at AAU because it's during the summer, but like I've never seen him play a during high school season. basketball game. Yeah. And we went to the same high school. and. Or he went to the high school I went to, so like, uh, that's tough. Um, I don't get to see my mom that much, but she will be here for my birthday. She's coming in. Uh, You're in January soon. Yeah, yeah, in January soon. So like, she'll be here, which that'll be nice. But uh, is it just her coming or the whole family? Yeah, no, nah, it's just her. It's, okay. Everybody's schedule is so crazy. Okay. Like everybody has their own life, so it's just hard for everybody to just stop what they're doing and just come over here to visit me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get to see a lot of my family. And then when I come home, it's hard to see everybody. Yeah. It's just because you don't, you don't have that much time at home. But it's, it's definitely, that's definitely a sacrifice that you have to make. You don't get as much time with your family. You miss out on a lot of events, miss out on a lot of birthdays, Christmases, Thanksgivings, just everything. Yeah. Um, my older brother has a has a child, so I have a nephew that I don't really get to see grow up that much, and it's just it, it's definitely difficult. But yeah. I mean, just like being I said, away from all that. Yeah, but like I said, it's a 
is a sacrifice for sure. Yeah, I I can picture that pretty difficult, especially if you're young and you it's like your first or second year out here. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this for like five, six years, um, and it's still kind of difficult for you to yeah. uh, to adapt. I, I don't, to I don't that. think it'll never not be difficult because yeah. I mean, like your family is. I mean, I, I believe like everybody needs family. Like, yeah. That's what keeps you. That's always going to be what keeps like. You sane, yeah. So it's it's definitely hard. Okay, so uh, let's talk about, so these, this is like one of the last things I want to talk about with you. Um, your last home game yeah. against Tübingen. So I recorded like the last, um, the last quarter, pretty much the last quarter, because um, I had to focus on filming you, because when I film you, um, I have to hold the camera like this. Mm -hmm. So it's already in the shape for Instagram. But... If I'm recording and you're not on the field or uh, on the field on the court, or yeah. um, or I can see, okay, you're playing defense, so I don't really have to record right now. Um, so I was just going back and forth the whole time. Um, but you guys were down like twenty something around twenty points. Twenty three or twenty six. I think twenty six was like the high or yeah. the, the low. Um, so at what point did you guys realize, okay, we're gonna come back and get this W? It's hard to uh, imagine that, but you just, when you're playing, you just always try to keep doing your best. I mean, because everybody knows, or at least everybody that really plays knows that, like, anything can happen on a, on a basketball court. Like, we've seen, everybody has seen crazy games, crazy comebacks before, and this is one of them for sure. Uh, I don't think I've ever been a part of a comeback like this, honestly. And so it's it's hard to visualize it, but you just know it's possible. And... Uh, Yeah, like once you just get that feeling, and you get especially with the home crowd behind you, when they start getting that feeling, they see you're still fighting. And I think a big thing for us was just defensively, we started locking in more, started making some shots, started getting to the free throw line. Yeah, and I think that just helped us a lot. And then going to the fourth quarter, um, Fabi hit that. Uh, buzzer beater, a little floater. So I think that was huge for us. It gave us momentum going to the fourth. I think that put us down 13. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like that was a crazy game. And I'm glad that uh, I got to experience that. I'm glad we got that win for the fans. And I'm glad that the we could give the fans something that, like, I don't think anybody's going to forget that anytime yeah. soon. That was there for sure not. Because so, I, I got your steal that made it. I think you got it to DeAndre or something. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you got it to DeAndre, and then yeah. he tied it, I think. Yeah. Something like that. So that, But, was a, that was a crazy game for sure. That was one of the... So I'm actually going to blend in the, the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially then the moment when... Because um, you guys were up with three points. It was like 15 seconds left or something. Um, and Tubing had three tries to make three points. Yeah. And all of them were misses. And that moment when the people knew it's it's over, that moment, is, yeah, that, that was, was crazy. A, that, that energy. Was a, that was a really special moment. There was a lot of emotions from everybody. I felt like it's the team, the management, the fans, like everybody was just emotionally invested into the game because yeah. of how far we had came back from behind. So, like, there was a lot of good moments captured uh, by the cameraman. There was a lot of just emotion in the air. Yeah, that was a that was a good feeling for sure. Great feeling. Because I was focused on 
because my number one priority at the games when I when I'm there for you is filming you. Yeah. That's my number one priority. But at the same time, I wanted to capture the moment when you because right. I had a feeling, okay, you guys are going to get that. You guys are going to come back and win this game. Um, but it was so that that um, that vibe or the way the people were at that moment. It was so energetic that I was literally shaking. I was yeah. just there, and I had no clue if this is going to work or not. And then that moment when you finally got that win, that was – and it was an important win You're right. at, that, important at the same win. time. So. Yeah, so this is probably the, the last topic for this episode. Um, so it's December right now. We'll have uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve in a few weeks. Um so what are your goals? Like, it could be personal goals, so even besides basketball. But then, of course, what are your goals uh, regarding basketball um, that you want to reach in this coming year? I just want to keep getting better, honestly, like in all facets of life. Like, I obviously want to be a better player to help my team. I want to be way more efficient, just limit all my mistakes on the court, even though I know it's impossible, but just limiting it, limit it as much as possible. Try to take this momentum and build in the right way. And I, we have some goals as a, as a team that we want to accomplish. I got some goals myself also, but um, I might. I think I want to keep that close to the chest because I don't like to put my uh, goals out in public. I just like to keep it to myself yeah. and, and then try to achieve them. So only mind. show it when it's done. Right, when right, it's, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, I want to, like I said, I want to keep growing as a person off the court, keep being a good role model, uh, keep being a good son, trying to be the best brother I can be, best cousin, best everything, best friend. So just want to continue to grow as a person for sure. Yeah, well, James, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming out to be on this episode. Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate it, and especially you being the first player that ever gave me a chance to, to film, and hopefully this working out as hopefully a career sometime. So I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, you're one of the most humble guys I've know I know right now, and I've uh, got to know just during this time. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate um, you. For you guys out there, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you guys want to see more videos like this, like episodes, yeah, just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And I appreciate the support.